Welcome to Season 1, Episode 13 of Four Seasons and a Funeral, the show where we go back and watch shows that had four good seasons and an iffy fifth season. Today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 13 of Fringe, The Transformation. My name is Charlie, and joining me today are Nick and David. Hi, I'm Nick. Hi, I'm David. What have you guys been up to since we last talked? I, I, I enjoy that we're doing this to maintain form and functionality of episodes, but we really should just cut this section while the pandemic <laughs> is still going on, because it's just nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. I've been adjusting to a normal sleep schedule again, and oh boy, it's been fun. Uh... What has uh, happened since the last episode? Uh, I went to work at my desk, which is five feet away from my bed. Um, we watched Paddington. And I realized that I had watched that before. Uh, <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> yes, it was really great. Like ten minutes, ten minutes into it, I went, "I've seen this. T- I've seen this." <laughs> it was a good film. I, just I enjoyed it. <laughs> the baby squirrels in my barbecue are venturing into the outside world. Ooh. Sounds a lot sketchier when you say the baby squirrels in my barbecue. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> which means I'm getting my barbecue back. <laughs> the listeners have zero context. Yeah, make sure you scrape off that squirrel afterbirth oh, dude, before you cook anything. I'm I'm throwing the nest away, and then I'm burning like that full tank of propane. <laughs> yeah, just, just just run it for like an hour or two. I would just oh, like yeah, uh, it'll be. Great. I don't know. Can you just like disinfect? Can you just go out buy like grain alcohol and just soak the metal in it for a while? That's not a good call. Uh, I mean, reseason your grill at the same time. Like you know, get get some get some lard or something like that. Reseason your grill at the same time so it's you know not sticky. Uh, and then yeah, no, just run it on high for a while. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, it's been mother squirrel decided to take up nest in my barbecue, and she had three kids. And I haven't been able to grill yet, and the weather's been real nice recently. And also, I Charlie's it. girlfriend was the reason why Charlie didn't just uh, evict those squirrels. <laughs> I wanted to throw the nest out before the kids were there. And she said, no, winter's coming. She could give birth any day now. And I saw her and went, she ain't pregnant. I could throw the nest out. My girlfriend went, no, that's mean. (laughs) (laughs) And the squirrel uh, ripped open my roommate's deck chair and stole all the padding out of it as insulation for her nest. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man, so I'm glad to hear that everyone's super happy that the squirrel <laughs> took up nest there. The babies are really cute though, I will oh, say. Oh yeah, no. Baby squirrels are incredibly cute. There was there was this that happened the other day. I sent you guys a picture. Oh. It's a picture of a rabbit just completely chilling in our backyard. That's like, chilling there. Nice. Li- like full on lying down on his side <laughs> with his legs blayed out. I hey, saw everyone. that from... If you want to see this photo, check out Forsaf Twitter. It'll be oh up there. God. Okay, I'll post that at some point. <laughs> I have the time with the release of this episode. I no, I just... just post it now. Make them go back in time. I'm uh, trying to get our engagement up. God damn it. No one's ever going to engage with us. I've just given up. <laughs> But yeah, no, like, the squirrel's just full-on chilling there, and I was just, like, looking at it, and I'm like, that's something you don't see. Just a rabbit totally without any concerns or worries just, hanging I out. I mean, that means it's time to set up snares, and you can have rabbit stew for dinner. Yeah, it's, yes. it's the start of the season. They're not going to be very meaty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's about all I got there. All right, I guess with Lazy Rabbit, we'll hop into the TV Guide description. Excellent. Uh, TV Guide for this episode. 
the investigation of another airborne disaster yields evidence of a strange virus, but Olivia and Peter must go undercover to determine the scope of danger presented by this new threat. Man, does that leave a lot of context out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I also really like how you, you watch the cold open and you're like, the, like the start of it, and you're like, oh no, we're just, you know, they've decided to do a Groundhog Day on episode one. <laughs> it does seem like we're seeing it from a different angle or something, where it's just the plane start again. Um, full on, uh, I forgot about the contents of this episode and I just remembered the fringe aspect. And so when it started and uh, the fringe started happening, I went, oh, this is a bad episode. I completely <laughs> forgot that this was a good episode. <laughs> I was telling telling Charlie and Nick about it before we started recording. In my shock of watching, going, "Oh wait, this is good." Yeah, because you see, you, you see the body, and you're like, "Oh no, oh no." Because <laughs> it felt like, hey, it felt like it was going to be a bad episode. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely know what you're talking about on that side of things. It's it's an interesting episode from that side. The fringe. Kind of takes a back seat in this episode for like yeah. a little while, but which in is a, in a satisfying way. There's other episodes where the fringe takes a back seat, and you're like, "Ah, oh, this means nothing." This is one of those good episodes where they manage to be like, "Hey, look, we have plot and fringe." Exactly. I think. I think honestly, that's correlated to how dumb the sci-fi is. Like, oh yeah, the worse <laughs> the sci-fi, the least harm it does if it sits in the background. Where this, the, the, this the, is the, pretty the... dumb sci-fi. <laughs> Yeah, this is full-on monster movie. Like, this is not proper hard sci-fi, which is why I'm fine with it sitting in the back. Oh yeah, no. If the if this was if this had taken like front like front and center like cough cough a couple episodes ago, um, we'd be we'd be very mad at the fringe again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyways, let's let's get into the uh, the opening here. Yeah, just okay. like uh, twelve episodes ago, I guess now we open up on a plane and we go down the aisle and we. Z- Hone in on a guy who's scribbling down advanced technology, among other things, in a notebook. And then he starts to get a pretty rough, bloody nose. And the old lady next to him is like, oh, you gotta put bags on your back. Or like tea was bags, it bags on your back. Or, was it bags or keys? I thought she said keys. I think, I don't know what she said, but it, she's like, she's like, put this on your back. It's supposed to stop it. Well, I tried it. It's all bullshit anyways. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is your... Like, why is this dialogue here? Listen, uh, listen, man. It's important to have like some level of like normalcy right before everyone's going to get murdered. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why everyone's so talkative on planes. Just shut the fuck yeah. up. I don't know the you. This was this was 2009. We didn't have all the fun technology nowadays of being able <laughs> yeah. to you know advanced ignore people. Uh, Bose Bose didn't have great headphones yet. Yeah, you know, airplanes airplanes and headphones were not a good time quite yet. Uh, yeah. But dude goes into the bathroom afterwards and then swabs his cheek. And you know, the normal thing to be doing when you have a bloody he nose. Checks, he checks his teeth first and then swabs his cheek, dips it in this vial. It turns red and he's like, oh shit, this isn't good. Like starts actually like freaking out. And then goes up to a flight attendant and is like, hey, uh, you need to get all the fucking tranquilizers on this plane that you can and lock me in that bathroom. And she's like, uh, what? <laughs> Which, very fair response. Guy comes up to you in a plane and goes, go around to all the passengers and get me their drugs. Uh, I'm going to be in the bathroom. <laughs> hand them yeah. to me under the door. Also, my favorite, my favorite thing, there's another flight attendant there with them. 
And he's like, hey, if you don't listen to what I'm saying, people are going to die. And the thing the other flight attendant says, he comes up and he goes, sir, statements like that are against federal regulations. I'm like, anyone making death threats does not care that it's against the law. <laughs> you got to start out with that, just like how you have to tell someone that you're police before you shoot them. Uh. Also, to be fair, death threats are against most laws, not just airplane laws. Yeah. Like, death like, threat is just, making a death threat is just against the law in general. You don't have to specify that it's against airplane regulations. Just seems so out of place where he's like, sir, this is against airline regulation. He's like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I'm trying to like get drugs on a plane. I am willing to like fake a death threat to get those drugs. I will like, say power to this dude. He is trying to like oh, he yeah. obviously is realizing what's happening and he's trying to like protect people. Yeah. The best line too in this opening is he's like, Do you have any like weapons on the plane? The guy's like, Sir, like I don't want he's like, What weapons do you have? And he's like, We have a taser and I will use it on you if you get if you keep acting like oh, yeah. it's like ah, taser won't do anything it'll just make me more pissed off it's like that's a Such... very hulk-esque response honestly like it's this is a good primer for what's about to happen and it kind of shows that this guy knows what's happening because yeah. he goes into the bathroom essentially and starts <laughs> looking back up at the mirror like pulling his teeth out which yeah, is horrifying on, on so many out. levels uh i was reading about how they did that and it was like mostly practical they had like i think eight pairs of different dentures that they uh -huh. had the dude like cycle through in different shots of like where he had like his teeth at partial different sizes several like teeth at different levels of removal and stuff yeah and like ones that we could pull things out of it, it's must be horrifying it's also horrifying to know that that probably took like an hour to film that teeth scene yeah and it's <laughs> it's like what a second yeah but shout out to props. They do a wonderful job on this show. Oh, yeah. Like 90% of the time. And then he drops to the floor and um, stuff kind of shoots up out his back. It looks just like big hair follicles, but they yeah. kind of get more quill-like. And yeah, it that's was advanced aging. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was at that point where I'm the first time watching this. I'm like, OK, he's transforming it to something like there it's going to be a cg monster so we're not going to see it like just subconsciously i'm like you're not expecting to see it and then the flight attendant is like on the phone with i think the captain of the plane and it's like i don't know if we can wait 40 more minutes and then the background no you see like the giant cg monster burst out and start killing people and well, they then, have like a then the credits hit. they have like a full-on like 30 second conversation where it's yeah. quiet and they're like oh he got quiet you think he fell unconscious like oh i don't know anyways let's get some boom suddenly dude in the back like sonic the hedgehog in the background <laughs> just bursting out it was like oh uh, what was that terrible sonic the hedgehog game on wii that had him turn into a werehog oh yeah I, yeah I think it's called like, like sonic and the werehog or something like or that sonic unleashed no sonic unleashed that's what it was oh yes yeah <laughs> It totally looks like that. It looked like that to me. Just him bursting out. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, and then we cut to uh, a soccer mom in New York State, just judging off her license plates, uh, picking her kids up from a soccer practice or game, and she notices a plane flying way, way too low with one smoking engine, and then it crashes and explodes in the woods. Which, holy shit, well done if the hedgehog was able to make one of the engines go out too. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how it would, but 
Uh, you fuck with the controls enough, and you, you you make some gas not go there or go there too much, I guess. But like, or you you shut off manually, shut off two engines, and then that one's got to work harder. Who knows? Whatever doesn't like, matter. Yeah. Plane blows up, everybody dead. And then we cut to happy things like Ella playing with makeup. Exactly. We're we're still we've still got um you know Ella and Rachel around. Uh, it's great. Yeah, they haven't died horrible deaths yet. Yeah, you know, Ella tried her best last episode, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a couple happy family moments, and then uh, suddenly, uh, essentially, Ella's getting all dressed up in, like, Olivia's makeup and accessories, and then Rachel pulls, like, uh, a ring off of her and then, like, looks at it like, oh my god, this is a wedding ring. Is this mom's? And then she sees the always inscription, and it, nope, this is not our mother's. Dad wouldn't, right. Dad wouldn't put that on the ring. Because did you forget about John Scott? Because I almost did. And then this episode came along and reminded me that he had plot importance. But he's had plot importance for like the past like couple. So forgettable. Yeah, such a forgettable thing. This is this is the big oh shit we have to resolve these plot lines push. He's so so forgettable. (laughs) Everything about him. John Scott is to fringe as to um oh god what's his face from Parks and Rec season one. Uh oh, Mark. Yeah, yeah. What's his last name? I want to say Strong, but that's not correct. <laughs> oh God. Oh, that's uh, how forgettable. <laughs> Brandowitz. Mark. Oh, Brendanowitz. Oh God. <laughs> Brendanowitz. That's not, that's not possible to pronounce with, with Mark Brendanowitz. <laughs> Excellent. Jeez. Or Brendanowitz. I don't know. He was stupid and like ruined Parks and Rec, and then he left, and the show got better. Same thing for yes. Fringe. When John Scott is done, <laughs> Fringe gets better. I would argue that John Scott had s- some good storyline, good moments, but he is a very forgettable character. Yeah, as evidenced by David just being like, "I you know that's like once again, John Scott is another just white dude for for you there, isn't he, David?" Just one of the <laughs> yeah, him and uh... yeah. Honestly, I didn't realize how bad I am at recognizing people. <laughs> until we started doing this like podcast and i've had to like actually actively pay attention more to tv <laughs> and like consider things because yeah i just unless they're a main character i just completely zone them out so what do you do for the trashy reality shows do you watch do you think there's like 20 different random hot women or hot guys wandering around the trashy reality shows are uh produced for a much less intelligent audience than for Fringe. So every 30 or 40 seconds, they say the person's name or it comes on as a lower third. And I go, I know that person. It says their name's Mark. (laughs) Oh no. I remember Mark. I think we should do, we should take the effort to edit season two of Fringe. So every time they cut to someone in a new scene, they have a little title card. Uh, we could we could probably what what about how about this? Um, you know how in like video games, like when you're playing like MMOs and things like that, um, they've got like little like usernames above their name above their head. Um, we will we'll, we'll we'll I'll do some AI bullshit and we'll get usernames above people's name above people's heads, but they won't be their real names. They'll just be what we think is funny about that character. It's what we think their like World of Warcraft username would be. <laughs> that would also be great. Anyway, well, to be fair, um, if if Fringe was on Amazon Prime, um, they they have the the fancy X-ray thing that you could use. 
Oh yes, that is actually very helpful. It's, it it's is helpful and fancy. Uh, good time. Um, yeah, uh, and then yeah, Rachel's like, "Oh, where'd you get this ring?" And she's like, "Oh, it's from John." And she's like, "John Scott, your partner. You said there was nothing there." Well, obviously, this means something, and Olivia's just like, he was a traitor. I, I, I would have loved if Olivia had just been like, yeah, no, it, it was just kind of kind of weird. But, you know, he decided we had to be partners for life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, she didn't I mean, understand also, the she... concept of marriage. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, yeah, he handed me this ring. It's a nice ring, I guess. <laughs> also, she could get in trouble for that if Rachel is a big enough gossip, because John Scott is still honored as a hero to his country. Well, also, I thought Rachel was pushing way too hard because Rachel, you should know John Scott's dead. If Olivia yeah, also. still has the wedding uh, uh, like engagement ring from her dead partner, you don't continue to ask what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Even if yeah. things were happy and they were in a loving relationship, maybe she doesn't want to talk about her dead partner. <laughs> in general, you don't just bring this stuff up. Unless, you know, there's been a reason, like, you know, someone hinting towards it. And Rachel's like, no, I told you all about my divorce. You have to tell me all about this, your dead partner who, who, <laughs> who asked you to marry him, but he's dead now. So please tell me. And Rachel was pushing so hard. And I'm like, chill, chill, Rachel. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Olivia fortunately gets out of this terrible situation to go to a much better situation uh, when she gets the classic phone call. She goes from that plane crash of a conversation to a literal plane crash. (laughs) And somehow the plane crash is better. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, she is called to the scene. um, And Royals uh, gives them a walkthrough. It was like, oh man, we thought there was an animal dead on the plane. And then we looked at it. We're like, that's a big animal. then you flip it over and nick and i were talking about this a short while ago because nick started watching warehouse 13 and the cg does not hold up cg does not hold up up in that show oh my god um and it 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 came out around the same time as this and holy fuck the cg does not hold up (laughs) and so we got talking and kind of came to the realization fringe really does not use that much cg it doesn't i think it uses a lot of just practical effects yeah and it 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 serves it really well (laughs) yeah so when you have like a giant monster what do you do do you make it cg well you do for the big action scene but what about after that well you send your props department to make a rubber monster suit and then you fill it up with guts oh the guts were so bright red yeah oh yeah and like what i'll say is it's it's a goofy looking creature but also you're not like oh yeah there's there's that computer generated creature uh yeah it it makes it it's it's aged but it it doesn't age as poorly yeah i think it helps that it's also supposed to be after surviving a plane crash yeah it's like like, supercharged yeah the reason why it looks kind of off is because it was burnt by the plane crash and you kind of forgive it a little well also you fucking like we're we're talking about like oh he got a little crispy if you guys remember the explosion that came from that plane crash holy shit that plane but yeah they look they look the monster over and it's it's creepy looking and it's got a bunch of very obvious nipples which believe it or not has relevance coming up in a scene don't worry Walter will explain that as he always does yeah and then olivia gets handed a passenger manifest and she flips through and manages to hone in on the guy who turned into the porcupine creature i don't know if it's a porcupine but i'm calling him a porcupine he definitely Um, has like 
porcupine spikes. Like they, that's what they look most similar to. It I is think definitely porcupine creature-ish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but she sees the guy. His name is Marshall Bowman, and she zones in on him, and then gets a memory flashback from John Scott's perspective of him and another guy saying, "Oh, you got to see this stuff, John. This is a this product's a horror show." And she's like, "Hey, this is the guy." It's it's my gut, and Charlie's like, that seems like bullshit, but I'm gonna run with this anyways. Charlie's just once again kind of being like, all right, she runs that weird division. I guess she knows something I don't. <laughs> so, how does Charlie not know all of this being second in command of Fringe Division? Hey, you is Charlie directly affiliated with Fringe Division at this point? Charlie just feels like the liaison. Like Broyles calls him his number two. I think. I think Charlie, so Broyles and Charlie are both FBI. So I think that's why, like, he says yeah. he's number two. Charlie's number two when it comes to being in charge of the FBI. Because remember, okay. it's a multi sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a multi group thing, task force, the fringe division is. Also, to be fair, his boss is Broyles, and we already know Broyles is terrible about sharing information. Oh, yeah. That actually comes up in this episode. Uh, as it always yeah. does. It's great. <laughs> um, but then we cut back to the lab and they're doing an autopsy on the thing and walter's just like pulling out intestines and he's like oh whatever did this like completely like changed everything about them but then he cuts into the hand because there's a little bit of a bump there and pulls out a little glass disc that we have seen previously in the dea agent episode that oh my god that's so long ago now yep, yep it was it has in fact been a while been a while uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I think that's all we get out of the autopsy is the reveal that he had a glass disc in his hand. That and, and a then, lot of once again cool practical effects. Yes, of very just throwing like, guts around. It's great. We're actually cutting guts into out. the monster's yeah. hand. Yep. They did show that, and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm impressed that they're showing that. That's yeah, the sort of thing that everyone else cuts away from. Or, yeah, it's just like, oh, hand me the scalpel, and it's just below frame, and he's like, oh, look what I have. But no, Walter's actually cutting into some prosthetic and actually yanking out this disc. And it like, isn't just a magical uh <laughs> Yeah, magical it's, taking, it's taking effort to do it. Yes. Which, yeah, no, that you can understand why Fringe had a lot of it, it it was deserving of its PG rating at the time. Yeah. Uh, is this where we get... This is where we get the nipple talk, don't we? Yes, uh, while the autopsy's going on, right? Oh, yeah. They start... Yeah. He, well, Walter points out how or how many nipples he has. Yeah, because it must have opossum in the DNA, because they're one of the few mammals, if not the only mammal, that has an odd number of nipples at 15. <laughs> so it was, weird it was great to learn more and more about just various uh various animals through this like i already knew the the like half nipple rule uh yeah but you know it's it's great to learn more about the just very odd like having an odd number of nipples is just a weird concept yeah you got one side that's heavier than the other well no i'm assuming just, like, no. in the middle somewhere yeah no, charlie you're a madman like button no. You're a madman. <laughs> Why would it imagine... be in the middle? Why would it be on the side? <laughs> well, now I'm just looking up pictures of possums and the babies are all hitchhiked on the back and I love Charlie, we're it. recording. No need to masturbate. 
it's the good news is later now I'm gonna have to use I'm gonna have to put in the term uh, opossum uh, odd nipple location and Google's gonna have that stored and it's gonna be forever. Great. I hope you enjoy your targeted ads. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I use DuckDuckGo. Uh, <laughs> anyways, anyways um, we then uh <laughs> we then um, cut back to the fbi building i think right uh yep we're back we're back to the fbi building um and olivia goes through a file and gets another flashback um well isn't this before that because she goes to Broyles first right to interrogate him about the disc and mention that she thinks uh that there's another disc in uh john scott's Hand? No, she. Or does that happen later? No, she's going through Bowman's file and sees the other guy from her first flashback and is like, oh, "Hey, okay. we need him in here for questioning." And then Broyles is like, "Hey, we got the last sixty seconds of the Black Box recording," and then plays it for the whole office. Which, ooh, that's a call. <laughs> I mean, everyone's like, they do like an establishing shot where one woman calls and is like, "Yeah, of course it's about the flight. What the hell do you think it's about?" So I think everyone's full send on this case. Yeah, but at the same time, this is a fringe thing. And uh, playing against I mean, the entire FBI audience. Well, I, I feel like that office is like fringe division, but a lot of the stuff is like need to know basis. I guess. And they're just like, hey, don't question the things that we're, uh, you know, investigating here. Well, I think, well, we've seen Broyles has like multiple agents on like the observers. Fair. So I, I, think, it, I think it's very much like, hey, you're doing this. Tell anyone about it, and I, Broyles, will personally kill you. Because yeah. that's how he would roll. Honestly, this is probably why that one dude, Harris, is investigating Fringe Division. Because they probably are using a lot of, like, federal assets and federal funding without telling people. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, this would be the sort of thing that, you know, if it was, for some reason, in real life... It, it would show up and there'd be a huge uproar because I'd be like, um, they've been spending a lot of money on this very strange division that no one's allowed to know anything about. I mean, as opposed to real life right where now. They spend where spend a lot of money. In where the FBI is in perfectly good standing with 100% of the population. Oh, ah. totally. And they always do all the super important task forces that we totally need. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we need as Canadians. I mean, it would help. <laughs> certainly help <laughs> anyways uh, uh skirting around that issue uh we <laughs> yeah they, we uh, hear the black box recording and it's the pilot just being like we need an emergency landing something's already killed like 20 people and then it's just screaming and they land and uh Broyles has like the most horrified look on his face it's okay. Broyles going I I'm, probably should I'm listen gonna, to that beforehand I'm gonna do air quotes around the word land there Charlie the <laughs> Well, no, he said, the pilot said we needed somewhere to land, and then it's just screaming, and then it cuts off. Ah, uh, I thought you meant, and then we hear, you know, the plane landing, and I was like, yeah. oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we hear Pilot's the plane like, landing. I need an emergency runway, and the control tower is like, sorry, we had another plane talking, what are you saying? <laughs> we hear Which, the plane hey, landing. Fact, um, just like that one the... time when uh, that dude dropped that lady off in the second episode, dropped her off nicely at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, fun fact though about uh, emergency uh, like spots to land planes um, in the United States, uh, all of the uh, like interstates, like I ninety and things like that, um, got funding from the government partially um, through the military as well, uh, and they are required that one mile out out of every five miles, 
um, is straight and would be allowed for a plane to land or take off from it. Uh, so it is very easy to land planes. <laughs> I mean, unless there are cars on the road. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. porcupine men in the cabin. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that was a that was a cool thing that I got to learn this past summer. It was a good time. Also, I imagine if you have a plane saying like, hey, we're emergency, we're going to land on this stretch of highway, they're still high enough and far enough out that they're making this call that they can determine what stretch they're going to land on, that police can then go and cordon off that that stretch. Yeah, in general, you're not expecting it to be something where it's like, cool, we got to clear off the stretch of highway in, in literally one minute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's not how it works. Uh, yeah, so they play the black box, and it's horrifying, even though it's just people screaming. But, I mean, yeah, that'd be pretty horrifying. <laughs> Royals just seems like, oh my god, I did make a huge mistake. I should have listened to this privately. This um, is going on my performance report. There, I'm going to get some messages from HR. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then uh, Olivia tells Charlie, hey, we, we got to bring in this guy, uh, Daniel Hicks. And she just points in his file. It's just like this dude. And Charlie is kind of at this point like, all right, um, one weird stretch where you were able to guess this as cool. But why are we bringing in this random dude out of this guy's file? Um, at which point Olivia finally reveals to Charlie um, hey, by the way, uh, I, I shared consciousness with uh, John Scott because Walter's lab is weird. Uh, don't uh, worry about it. I love the look Francis gives her when she first says the term shared consciousness because it full on looks like he's going, that's a weird sex thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so much side eye. Which, to be fair, <laughs> you hear that and you're like, ooh. <laughs> like, I don't, don't want to look up your sex dictionary uh, definition of that, do I? <laughs> I joined Minds and Body with John Scott. Well, I don't need to hear about this in the workplace. <laughs> Olivia, I feel uncomfortable right now. Can we just go back to our previous relationship? <laughs> also, um, if any one of the people they question as a result of Olivia being like, hey, I shared consciousness, that's inadmissible, right? 100%. If like if you get called in for questioning and you're like, why am I here? I don't want to be here. And they're like, oh, we have reason to suspect. You're like, okay, I'm lawyering up. And your lawyer goes, hi, what's the reason to suspect? And you go, well, one of our agents shared consciousness. And you go, no, 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 stop right there. We're getting the fuck out of here. I would love to see the law and order, like law and order, but in verse where they're just handed fringe cases to, to like person to prosecute, and they're like, "Listen, they're they're gonna go free." I we did the best we could with what you gave us. Just crying again. I assume a lot of this is covered under Patriot Act, and they're just classified as domestic terrorists. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, this guy would be a domestic terrorist. A lot of the cases we've dealt with is terror, domestic terrorism. <laughs> And the few that we don't, the guy ends up dead. Yeah. The few that we don't, he kills himself with a bus. <laughs> uh, Anyways. That's um, not the we last then... time that happens in this show. Mm, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Charlie's on board. He's like, okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> cool, I guess that's fine. Um, <laughs> I'll go find Hicks, I guess. Uh, and somehow bring him in for questioning. Um, we'll figure that part out later. Um, but, uh, Olivia then calls, uh, the, the Bishop lab, um, and they verify that, uh, Marshall Bowman's DNA, uh, is in the, the porcupine thing. It, it's still sort of there, uh, but most of his genetic material has been rewritten, like most, and it's, uh, 
it's it's a very weird process and don't worry about the fringe behind it but essentially the big thing is uh this is a this is deadly uh there was there was a virus that did this and there was no way that he his body was going to be able to survive this transformation um to which i say kudos that it caught this far with that transformation that that's yeah uh shouldn't exist but it's fine uh <laughs> so this this fringe science to me isn't super far out there it's just like what CRISPR is now but jacked up on like 20 years of steroids yes so like um, this isn't like outland it it's outlandish but it's not out of the realm outlandish no, for but me it's so. still i think my the reason i called it dumb is just the result of it oh, it's no, very dumb. Man is super dumb yeah like that's why uh, the science is as fringy as it's always been i just think most of the time fringe doesn't make a dumb risk like it's not like yeah. and then we've made monsters <laughs> uh I, I then do like the next the next part immediately following that where peter then uh goes hey we did find this uh thing in this guy's hand uh and shows olivia the uh and shows olivia the um the glass disc that they found yep. um but the way that he does it is he streams it to her and remember this is 2009 like 2008 oh, 2009 yeah. holy shit it's a crisp video that he streams on his blackberry over to olivia i'm like god damn i'm listen. running that 4g in 09 i guess uh, listen this is the I fringe universe the weird product placement of like oh let me send you this live video on my, my verizon cell phone <laughs> but like it's also the fact that he's like yeah no i'm gonna stream this to you uh, yeah and i'm like oh my god did, F- did 4G FBI exist? don't have budget for that? Did 4G exist back then, or was it still 3G? It would have been 3G. I don't know, but this it's an AT&T Samsung phone. Oh man! Like it's not even a BlackBerry. Yeah, this oh, is I 2009. Because that, that was what it, that's that was the shit back then. Also, I'm calling bullshit on both of this. There's no way Peter has five bars in the basement of Harvard back then. There's no way <laughs> Olivia has five bars in the FBI headquarters. <laughs> so technically 4g came out or was pu- first publicly available uh on december 14th 2009 okay, in so europe did not exist at this point no yeah. this episode came out in february of 2009 yes so we are strictly in 3g world and you, you do not get that crisp of a video over 3g <laughs> 1080p live streaming on a cellular <laughs> signal listen this is to be fair this is a world with william bell who's supposed to be like this ama- amazing genius maybe there are maybe they already had 5g oh hell maybe yeah. that's but why they, they don't they, have they, coronavirus hey, david maybe that's why the rest of them are so fucked up maybe this is why fringe <laughs> is happening because they have 5g oh, no <laughs> let's let's not build into that terrible conspiracy theory fuck that conspiracy theory by the way uh <laughs> i uh conspiracy theories are dumb in general <laughs> It's it's just the worst one. Uh, it's it, sadly it isn't, but oh man, I hate it. Uh, uh, but yeah, this is when Olivia realizes. Oh wait, uh, I've seen this uh, glass disc uh, before. We pulled it out of this uh, DEA agent uh, a while ago. I think and is this where she just she calmly broils? Well, isn't this also where she just calmly tells him to check Hicks as well and cut his hand open? Yeah. Yes. Um, which is which well, is no, great. that hasn't that hasn't happened yet. Okay, because um, right, she goes to Bros first and goes, "Hey, we pulled this." No, uh, no, no. So she she sees the thing of the glass disc, and then Charlie's like, "Hey, we got Hicks in interrogation." 
Oh, okay. So Olivia and Charlie go in to interrogate him while Peter and Walter come from Harvard to observe it. And Walter's like, oh, man, one-way glass is amazing. <laughs> it's like a TV show. Um, and Hicks is putting up like, oh, Bowman was just my banker. I deal in 19th century French furniture. Yada, he's yada, a carpenter, yada. as we all know. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, man, I didn't know he was dead. This sucks. Uh, and they show him a picture of what he turned into. And Hicks is like visibly like, oh, shit. And then his nose starts to bleed. And they're like, like, oh, shit, here we go again. Charlie's like, oh, let me get you some tissues. And Walter's like, tissues won't help what's about to happen. Walter's <laughs> very <laughs> calm about this entire thing again, which is the great. Most, the most dramatic thing. And Walter's like, oh, cool. I can like kind of slow or stop the process temporarily. And he's about to do it. And Olivia's like, no. Wait. We commit torture. <laughs> and he has to give us information or we let him die. You know, as you do. Which I think is illegal. Yes, um, very much so. So much of this is already inadmissible in court. It's fine. Yeah, it's a good thing it's not going to court. Exactly. Uh, Hicks says one name, Conrad, and then Walter knocks him out with sedative. And it does not look like he gets knocked out because Walter injects him and he's like spasming on the floor and then goes like entirely limp. And I'm like, oh, so he's dead. <laughs> Or he just went quiet right before he's going to go and... Uh... Yeah, there's, there's two options on French. He's either dead or he's about to explode. <laughs> uh, they went with option three, which is he survives but looks dead. But it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh... Yeah, and then um, Olivia is like, Walter cut open his hand. 20 bucks says he's got a disc in it. Mm-hmm. And exactly. they find it. And then Olivia storms into Burrell's office and is like, what the fuck are these? We've seen them before. I want to dig up John Scott's body. And uh, Burles is like, oh yeah, that's totally possible. Um, <laughs> like you just, uh... <laughs> God damn it. Another thing that you've discovered that I now have to fully brief you on, which is what I should have did from the very beginning. This one's With fair. This, one. this one's fair. Yeah. She had a personal attachment to, to John to John Scott. You don't just go, oh, by the way, um, we didn't actually bury him. Uh, we tossed him to Massive Dynamic, and they've been fucking with him for the past couple months. That's, uh... Yeah, you can't exactly come out and say, hey, we're using a public uh, company <laughs> <laughs> to do our uh, investigation. On your, on your ex-boyfriend turned traitor. Uh... I also like, bro, like, he's like, okay, you caught me. We did get one out of John Scott. It's an information disc. Uh, also, it's not with the NSA. He's like, one of the benefits of being the biggest military contractor is Massive Dynamic can generate technologies generations ahead of the US government. I'm like, that doesn't seem right. The fact that there's a plural in there is kind of terrifying. Uh- yeah, because why wouldn't like they're a military contractor just contract that technology and if they say no then you cancel all of their contracts don't and worry about it they can't make the technology just just don't worry about it it's fine also what amount of money lets you do generations ahead <laughs> of the gov- like the entire sentence just like doesn't make sense to me but Anyways, uh, we then do cut to our favorite place, uh, General Electric, um, <laughs> uh, where we have our good friend, whoever the VP of GE is. Um, 
lead Brawls and Olivia into a lab, and Nina is going, um, to be fair, this wasn't up to me. Uh, I wanted to tell you um, before opening up the, the, the spooky fringe door with the, with the leaf on it. Um, and uh, like going through like a bunch of biometric scans to show John Scott's body, which is miraculously still okay, like six months later. Uh, they do they do do a hand wavy mention for why he looks so good. Yes. As well. But it's because the yeah. actor wanted to come on set for ten minutes for this scene and then leave. <laughs> but uh it's it, it it's funny because you know, John Scott still looks just fine. Um he doesn't even look blue. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's just taking a nap. He's he's just taking a real long nappy. It's well, funny. I, I would imagine they would have him on kind of like dialysis. But for Wait, your what? life? Would that help? Well, just stop him from turning blue. Like you would you would regulate all the bodily functions you need to keep the brain from decaying. Because um, that's, that's all they need, right? Yeah. Well, so what they and they they give their reason for this, which is uh, they found a glass disc uh, in uh, John and John Scott's hand. Uh, but uh, they have come to a better um, better understanding of it than Olivia has uh, in that uh, it appears that the disc uh, self-destructs or uh, dies as soon as uh, the body dies so that it's impossible to recover the data, um, which I'm assuming also means that, you know, if you take the disc out of the person, it dies. Um, and they've just got some really fancy NFC technology if you actually want to share anything on those discs. I imagine it would be like the disc is sensitive to like some enzyme either being created or not being created. And yeah. when you die, like the natural process of you dying triggers the destruction. So I think if you take it out, it's okay. Or else, how do you read the disc? Well, that's what I mean. Very fancy yeah. NFC technology. And also, I would, yeah, I would assume wireless communication for the discs. What's that? Right? I would assume wireless communication for the discs. Like, yeah. it's just NFC or something? No, I don't, Which I don't I really think like so. Well, but I really like the idea of it being NFC because it's in the right hands, so they can transfer data by a handshake. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> a handshake That's amazing. Handshake. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, uh, they, they wrote it in perfectly. I love it. Um, I legitimately, I don't Someone know. developing this technology is like, but how do we get the reader and the writer to do a handshake? And they're like, dude, that's it. We put it in their palms. <laughs> we put it in their palms. They're going to hate us when they when we do it, but it'll be great. It's so convenient. Now initiate the handshake. Too firm. Try again. <laughs> yeah, do you think there's ever, like, connections issues? Like, no handshake, and then, like, very calmly walk away, and then be like, fuck, it didn't work, okay? <laughs> well, no, I'm imagining, uh, you know how in Pokemon Sword and Shield, whenever you beat one of the uh, gyms, um, if you don't hit A, you just handshake forever? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just that. They're just, like, they, they know when the data's, like, there's, like, a little buzzing in their hand when the data's been transferred, so they're just shaking their hands for, like, two minutes, staring at each other. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, sure, that can be headcanon. I like I, I that. Like I like it. <laughs> so All right. I don't know if it actually gets resolved anything more about this, but... Uh, basically, they find out that there was uh, a little bit of. They were able to get some of the data uh, out of this uh, out of this thing, which kudos to them because there's some fancy NFC technology in this thing. Uh, <laughs> but what they were able to get out is that um, 
they're pretty sure that John Scott was part of this bioterrorist cell um, and that it contains some information on this guy, Conrad, not a last name or anything like that, because that would be too easy, uh, but that he developed uh, chemical and biological weapons for sale on the black market. Um, and Broyles goes, oh, that's convenient. Um, there's supposed to be a major weapons sale um, later that uh, later today in Chicago. Um it's probably Conrad. Uh, we, we got this tip off from this guy it, from like our informant in Paris, but he wasn't able to tell us, you know, uh, the location or anything else. But, uh, you know, it's probably it was very, very convenient. It really is, but it's fine. Um, uh, but... Olivia then decides that the best way to find out <laughs> more about this is you go back in the tank. Yeah, take episode. Dive back into Scott's memory. This is what the third episode now where you've had the tank. David, is this where you remembered that this was a good episode? Uh, yes. <laughs> the tank came back, and David went excellent. We're back to a good episode. <laughs> I love tank episodes. <laughs> no, I think I remembered it was a good episode. Um, when they got Hicks in for questioning. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was like, oh, I sort of vaguely recognize this face. That must mean this is a good episode. <laughs> nice. Um, I will say, at this point, um, is Olivia like constantly being like, hey, I gotta go back in that tank, just because she also just wants a hit of uh, whatever drugs Walter's got? <laughs> Maybe. I wonder if in Anna Torv's contract, like after the first episode, she was like, hey, there can only be, you get two more tank scenes of me in my underwear. No more, no more than two. And the writers were like, we've really got to space these out. Like, <laughs> shit, we got to... <laughs> like, I guess we'll extend this entire plotline to last four, 13 episodes. <laughs> it's, it's important. Um, you got you to gotta spread it out um, significantly better. To, you know, the reward pays off more. Yeah. Uh, uh, she gets, yeah, so they're like, you know this can kill you. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I made peace with it. Let's do this. And yeah, she's they, once again super cavalier about this, and Walter's yeah. like, "All right, like Walter's more and more afraid every time that Olivia goes into the tank." Yeah, and also like every time, so like she goes into the memories and she's like, "Oh, hey, this is the motel where John and I used to bang in secret," and she's like, "He can see me," and every time she does this, where it's like, "He can see me," he's talking to me. Walter's like, "That's impossible. He can't," and then he can. Yep, it's great. And, and Walter, every time, because he can't see it, is just like, all right, Olivia's just being weird again. Uh, yeah. It's like, don't don't engage. Don't engage. Focus <laughs> on me. Yeah. I, uh, I, I really love that, because despite everything else that goes on in the Fringe, you know, in the Fringe universe, Walter is very sure that you cannot talk to memories. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's great. And then, so John Caesar, Olivia pulls john's gun on him so she's pulling a dream gun on dream john and then shoots it and then gets transported into an alley and john's like directly looking at her and is like hey look here's i memory me i guess that's his consciousness at this point is what mm -hmm. we're supposed to believe yeah and then, they've, they've done the merge consciousness i guess at this point yeah and um, then he's like hey look here's me trying to kill conrad because I, Bowman and Hicks and I were on a secret NSA task force. Which we weren't first, traitors. We were working for the NSA. At first, I'm like, that's bullshit. This is all a lie. Like, 
It seems like such a random bullshit explanation. Yeah, you're it's... like, oh man, he's really reaching for straws at this point. You know, he's obviously covering this guy in the yeah in the car. Um, yeah, and he's like, you'll never be able to confirm it. It's top secret, but you can trust Hicks. Just like say that you know me, kind of like we've seen before, and then her vitals go up, so she gets pulled out of the tank. Um, we once again get John Scott doing his best to vouch to get his girlfriend into the organization that he's a part of. Yeah, <laughs> potentially. We don't know. Potentially. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Walter has also made an antidote for Hicks. And I think there's uh, the line Walter's like, this is an antidote. I can't guarantee it will work. I have it, but I do have a recorded IQ. And he kind of trails off. And Astrid's like, 196. And Walter's like, wait, really? <laughs> God damn. Damn. <laughs> Just like, damn, I guess I am really smart. Look at the brain on me. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Time to inject this dude. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter's like, hey, maybe Dream John was trying to set you up. And Astrid's Which like, valid point. <laughs> like, you need to trust your heart. And I'm like, not in this circumstance. John's kind of fucked with you a lot at this point. Maybe don't yeah. do that. He told you he worked on a secret task force whose existence will never be confirmed ever suspicious to say the least it's yeah. essentially yeah hicks wakes up and it's revealed that like john is telling the truth or sort of like that they could trust hicks and stuff we'll, but we'll if he wasn't if he i was if he wasn't and this was a ploy damn that's some that is some determination to your cause <laughs> to even in death as a ghost also, of consciousness this is like code geos level of of four planning yeah <laughs> where it's like hmm if this backfires on me and i get caught in the lab explosion of guys i was working with and then get crystallized and then my girlfriend slash partner investigates that and gets caught up in the pattern and then i do end up dying but she merges consciousness with me then i need to have this ready <laughs> so i can set her up see charlie you and i have different have different ideas i'm pretty sure that john scott's just actually the best improviser <laughs> like he just rolls with the punches better than literally anyone else like he's all like all right cool i'm, I'm sharing consciousness with olivia now um i can use this to my advantage uh, <laughs> and then he dies uh and then he's like but like what if i wasn't actually dead and i was still in her consciousness he's just sort of he's still just in real life he's peeking out like looking around seeing what's going on but like i could use this to my advantage <laughs> He's like, wait, you're telling me I am this show's scientific explanation of a ghost. <laughs> cool. Excellent. Let's haunt. Let me literally <laughs> and metaphorically haunt Olivia. <laughs> um, anyways, um, they've... Uh, they wake we, Hicks we, up and then yep. they get him to help them, I think. Yes. Because uh, Olivia's like, like hey, I knew John Scott. He's like, okay. Yeah, he's like, he's very very chill. As soon as the word John Scott is brought up, um, which at this point, John like people know John Scott's dead. Like also, you know, he was buried John, John Scott is such a common ass name <laughs> that what if this guy? I know it's unlikely, but what if this guy is just in casual conversation with someone? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, my friend John Scott told me about this. It's supposed to be really good, and he's like, ah, oh, you can be trusted. Come with me, and then gives the guy a gun. Like what? <laughs> That's. I feel like I they see, you're also part a better name. 
you're also part of the secret organization. Excellent. What do you know about the uh, well, about the porcupine growing greater, virus? Greater, if someone just casually brings up a different John Scott and Hicks just goes, wait, you mean the FBI guy, right? The guy's like, yes. He's like, excellent. You mean the secret? You mean the secret? Maybe NSA agent John Scott, that one who also works for the FBI. And the guy's like, who? I was talking about my my tailor. <laughs> he did a really good hemline on my pants. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, so we, we've, we've woken up Hicks at this point. Um, he was very, very quickly convinced, um, that, um, you know, they're, they're good to go. Let's stop this weapons deal. Um, and, uh, I guess he knows where the, like he, he knew where the exchange was going to be happening, uh, for the weapons deal. Um, and, uh, you know, Olivia gets that, gives it to Broyles. They all magically travel to Chicago, um, as, as you do. Um, and, uh, they have been fitted with, uh, as it's put in the episode, untraceable two-way radios in their ears. Uh, cause. And you know what would have been a great callback at this moment? Ghost Network? The oh, Ghost Network. Ghost Network. Yes. It would have been great. But no, that reincorporation never happens. They forget about the Ghost Network. Uh, they... That is that is my one. That is one of the things I really wish. Like they just brought back some of the fringe technologies, because like you've got this incredible arsenal at this point um, of different fringe techs, and a couple of them are actually still useful. Yeah, but uh, they don't. But nope, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, some of them get reused. Some of them don't. Yep, it's how it goes. Uh, but um, they're they're you know essentially briefing before their sting operation. Um, Olivia is planning on going in as the buyer and she's replacing uh, whoever the supposed buyer was. Um, yeah. They've you and, know, grabbed him at this point, made sure he's not you know, coming. Yeah. And then Peter's going in as her kind of like bodyguard assistant, I guess. And Olivia's like, why would you do that? Peter's like, I don't get to look this good in a suit every day. <laughs> well, I say, Peter gives Just, a good point where he's like, hey, this is a shady deal. Shady deals is kind of my thing. Yeah. He's like, but you're trying point. to be a con man. I am a con man. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like taking in one of the trained FBI agents would have been a good call, but it's fine. <laughs> but do the trained FBI agents have an IQ of like 178 or whatever no. they say it is in the pilot? But but and they also don't know how to incorporate the safe word Christmas into into the conversation as you naturally would. I mean, I feel like it's a very easy word to incorporate into. Do you like, think? I just really uh, like that Charlie's like, oh man, I can't wait to see how she's going to incorporate that into the conversation. Uh, <laughs> do you think it Olivia seems like just they has... play it off as it's a game? <laughs> well, just do you think Olivia has a lot of practice with getting safe words into conversations? <laughs> <laughs> They like they threw one out there. They were like applesauce, and she starts blushing and goes, "No, no, can't use that one." <laughs> that one's that one's for for John alone. <laughs> um. So they have Hicks on the other end of the radio, and they're talking uh, to the sellers. And the guy's like, "Hey, where did you meet Anderson?" And uh, Olivia's like, "Oh, he met Anderson at Oxford." And the guy's like, aha, but where on campus? And they're all like, shit, I don't know. And then Peter apparently knows a lot about Oxford. Or he just pulled something out of his ass, knowing the other person wouldn't be able to uh, argue against it, is what I got. Yeah, yeah Peter pulling the bluff on... 
on it could go either way. Yeah. Because um, uh, I've not researched if that is a true place in Oxford. Um, I w- it wouldn't surprise me if it was, though. Yeah. Uh, they go and they're like, oh, Conrad's here. And he, or yeah, Conrad's on his way and would really like to meet you. Because he's, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, as a bonus with the sale of biological weapon, we give you the antidote for this biological weapon. They're like, why would you need one? And he's like, oh, it seems like it's very easy to make an antidote for this, but it actually makes things incredibly worse. And, and they're like, and, you I, don't I really say. At this point, at this point <laughs> Hicks's nose starts bleeding again, and he starts well, freaking also, the fuck out. We also, yeah. They also slowly turn, like Hicks and Walter slowly turn to look at each other after he says that, <laughs> and then it's the slow drip, and it's Hicks going, oh no. There's a very it's, Scooby-Doo moment. Uh, no, it's, it's a scene straight out of Airplane where they're describing the symptoms that you would get if you ate the meal. And it's the pilot going, it's like, well, first you get the sweats and the pilot starts sweating. It's like, and then you lose control of your bowels and he starts like shitting himself. It's right out of that. <laughs> it was it great was, though. Uh, because it was quite funny. not useful at all at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because he's essentially been feeding the entire conversation. Um, and then, yeah, and then they're like forced to stall and they're uh, like and they, they get a simple question which is why didn't ernesto call to uh to say that he couldn't make it and was sending someone else and olivia's just like chilling looking at them like yeah yeah if i just pretend i didn't hear it it's fine while um, the other then... side is full-on panic freaking out <laughs> mode like it's just olivia calmly like trying to like look casual looking at him and you can just hear the audio of the other side where it's just them freaking out <laughs> It's really good. It's really funny. It's it's a great yeah. it's a great little scene. Um, and then Peter's like, "Oh, I it it was his dying secret. I don't want to like because I guess Ernesto was the original buyer who they took place, and they're like, why why did Ernesto send you? And it's like Ernesto is dying, and yeah, I like which was great because it's like, oh yeah, no, we don't want anyone to know, but Ernesto's very sick right now. Uh, yeah." And they just casually bring that, and they're like, "All right." Yeah, this is uh, Peter being good at his job. Yeah, Conrad's there, and he's like, "Oh, I know you're not like who you say you are." Well, because he's like, "I talked to Conrad this morning," <laughs> or "I talked to Ernesto this morning." But then, beforehand, Olivia's like, "Oh, well, he told us he wouldn't make it to Christmas." Yeah, he said he was he was he he got sick, and it was you know the day before Christmas that it started. Yeah. I just want to I want to do like a scene or something where it's or have someone do a scene where they have like that code word and they have to work it into casual conversation and it's like Mexico or something and the guy's like yeah man I just want to get out of here take a plane and go on a trip to Mexico <laughs> and just for whatever reason this guy can't say code words without dropping into a deadpan I think that when staring great. directly at the camera <laughs> <laughs> yeah turning away from the person they're talking to to look out the window as they see it <laughs> <laughs> brings the cuff of his shirt up where his mic is and goes taps, yeah I can't wait to go to your <laughs> rips that open or... his shirt takes off his <laughs> takes off the mic Mexico pumped, kid. <laughs> that or I want to see a scene of the secret agent trying to drop like trying to say the co- secret code word but he just keeps getting interrupted by the other person <laughs> Yeah, I just want to go on a trip to Spain. I know it's supposed to be really nice this time of year. It's like, dude, what the fuck? 
It's like, no, no, no. What I meant to say was, oh, I heard Italy's really good this time of year, too. <laughs> yeah, he just keeps getting interrupted. <laughs> have you thought about have you thought about traveling like over to over down to like South America at some point? I really wanted to go and see Brazil. No, I really want to go to meh, New Mexico. No, not that one. <laughs> They're like, wait, that was the code word. No, it was New Mexico. We need contextual. Don't go. <laughs> it's Mexico or nothing. <laughs> uh, back on track, though. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> FBI raid into the room. Uh, saving Peter and Olivia from basically certain death because Conrad was like, kill them, and they take forever to do it. They, they do, uh, once again, do the classic, I guess we'll think about it for a second. Kill them, but make it dramatic. And then FBI storm in, arrest everyone, and Broyles is like, good job. Conrad was like, wanted for all this shit. So this is an entirely legal thing, so they'll go down easy. Just don't ask for testimony from <laughs> anyone else. Um, and then, like, hey, despite this, by the by, I did call the NSA, and they would not confirm anything, unsurprisingly. John Scott is still a traitor in the eyes of this department. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Olivia's like, I know the truth, and that's enough. And we are done with the John Scott storyline. Well, we're almost done with the John no. Scott storyline. We, we get the final scene. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. I was like, dude, we've got one more scene literally with the John Scott storyline. This is how much I don't care about John Scott. <laughs> all right. I guess I'll talk about that scene. So, so we get through all of this and um, Olivia returns to the lab. It's, about, it's like nighttime. Uh, it's just Walter there. Uh, you know, chilling, doing like doing some doing some research or things, whatever Walter does that is probably horrifying experiments at night. Um, and on acid or dropping some acid, yeah. Um, and you know, Walter's like, hey, you know, we, they took Hicks back to the hospital. Um, th that guy's, you know, that guy's uh, reversing agent was significantly better than mine. Uh, I guess it was difficult <laughs> to make. Um. And Olivia's like, oh, that's good. I'm glad he's going to survive. Uh, hey, Walter, put me in the tank again. <laughs> and I was just like, god damn it. <laughs> Thought we were past the shit. <laughs> and Walter tries his best to convince her, no, don't do this. It's dangerous. Um, you're only going to be able to see him for, like, seconds, maybe at most minutes. And Olivia's like, nah, put me back in. That, that's uh, enough to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> time, time to go and... Uh, basically make it so that it's going to be very difficult for me to move on from this guy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Olivia goes back into the tank, um, into the dreamscape, and goes to finally a nice scene. Um, it's just a, just a nice, beautiful lake. Um, we have no idea if this is Olivia or John's memories or their shared ones, because it's only John that appears at this point, um, and directly starts talking with her, because that's possible, and Walter is still not freaking the fuck out about that. <laughs> uh, and they have um, this this nice little scene where um, Olivia is essentially trying to like resolve the last things with John. It's like, hey, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't think that you were a good guy. I can see now that you were a good guy. Um, and uh, then uh, John gives Olivia, um, he, he magically poofs in the engagement ring because, you know, we're in a dream. You can do that. Um, and uh, it's like, hey, uh, you know, want to want to give this to you. I, I know that we can't be together, but, you know, maybe this is what I'll remember. And you're like, oh, cool. I'm glad that you really don't want her to, you know, move past this now that you're dead. Uh, 
going to be dealing with this shit for years now, but that's cool. Um, and yeah, they 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 have they they do a hug and poof, he's gone. And oh, there's like there's a little musical sting that you get with every time that like someone just disappears into the ether. And Fringe does it as well, and it was hilarious because I was like, "Oh man, this little poof is going to happen," and they did it. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, were you guys also expecting it? Like you know, like the little like little, like there's like the little sound that happens. Yeah, that always, yeah. like the person's gone now. Like they've left. <laughs> that's the just an editor on. That's they an just editor on autopilot. <laughs> the editor did that. And he's like, "Shit, this isn't Disney. Why did I do that?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, we actually, um, you know, we, we see Olivia still hanging out in the dreamscape and the episode ends with, uh, her still lying in the tank, but this time smiling for the first time ever and not freaking the fuck out and needing to be pulled out because it's only Walter in the lab. Yeah. Walter couldn't do that. And actually as bonus, well, actually we'll get to fun facts after our usual wrap up stuff. Well, we that's can talk about them now, but. Okay. Uh, they were actually the guy who plays John Scott, Mark Valley, and Anna Torv were actually married after, like during the filming of this episode. Oh damn! Oh really? They, they met on set, hit it off, and got secretly married because they wanted to keep it hidden until um, Mark Valley had left the show. So him giving her the engagement ring, I feel like they wanted put in to be like, "Hey, we are actually married." I believe they got divorced about a year after, but Oof. Oof. Yeah. John Scott and Olivia Dunham were actually briefly married. If you take real life as the show, which of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a bit of controversy on the observer. Oh yeah. There, there is controversy this time. Um, what is I the controversy? Watching the original broadcast and trying to find the observer yes. this time. Uh, the Observer was digitally added to the soccer field scene before the plane crashes, but he was put so far left of frame that on the original non-widescreen broadcast, you can't see him. Oh, that's stupid. On the DVD and Blu-rays, you can, but technically, as of the original broadcast, The Observer was not in this episode was not visible yeah. in this episode he does not count as being in the episode if he wasn't on the broadcast when the episode aired yeah and i think they well, went through did it and went shit like they filmed the whole episode and went shit we don't have an observer get me a still of him and i'm gonna paste him in beside a car how do you <laughs> forget have him just be like walking around on a green screen and we'll just toss him in there oh no uh it's <laughs> it's very very much obvious that it is a cutout of the guy Ah, uh, nice. Because like uh, the one scene at the end of in Game of Thrones season eight, a bunch of other people are moving around, but then people in the background are very obviously rigid and they're just cutouts. Ah, okay. And uh, I will the camera out. pans down. He has no shadow. Oh, nice. It's it's, it's very rough to watch. Uh, I will. Him. I will point out uh, in the original broadcast, uh, Charlie. I don't know if you mentioned it was available on widescreen TV sets. It's just if you were watching in four by three. Okay, oh, that's yeah, so... less egregious then. It's it is less egregious, but as long as if you were watching in sixteen by nine, um, the the observer was available uh, to be seen in the original broadcast. It's just they put him so far left that the cropping that was done in uh, for four by three uh, knocked yeah. him off. Uh, knocked him off screen. 
I'm I'm criticizing. That's, that's always an interesting thing. This gets like a half. Like I don't. If we're grading this, this gets like a half point. Where it's like the other observer ones are like they obviously had the guy on set and went, okay, here's the observer. Walk out of the elevator. We're gonna cut to you here. This one was they forgot, and then threw him in somewhere else. It was a very lazy attempt. I just don't know how you forget. Like, yeah, I don't. Episode um, thirteen by, in. By the way, other other thing. Um, yeah, no, what Peter was talking about in uh, in the Oxford scene. No, that's that's real. That is, there is a White Horse Pub on Wheatley Road, and it does feature Thai food on its menu in uh, right around Oxford. Huh. Okay, I guess add that to his backstory. Yep, nope, they, they, they did do their research there. Um, I have not seen what the actual... I, I've been trying like right now to see if I can figure out what the um, tie-in from the previous episode is for this one. Charlie, do you have it? Because uh, um, I have not found it yet. Let uh, me see if I can pull up the page. Yeah, I'll try as well. Um, All right, well, I will vamp while that happens. Uh, so, sign oh. on, oh, God, or sorry, uh, in oh, David, you're gonna hate this one. Oh, I, I gotta go look at it. The next episode clues. Did they just so film in, these out of order? In the no-brainer, uh, they're in the car um, dealership. There is a oh, lease. No. <laughs> there is a lease for car sign that is seven hundred and eighteen dollars a month. The flight that crashes in this episode is flight 718. I hate it. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> that's that's terrible. I feel and like that's I feel like that's somehow <sighs> the worst one so far. It is. It really is. That's so egregious. <laughs> uh, the cipher for this episode is avian and I really don't know how to tie that into the episode <laughs> yeah it's it's there <laughs> <laughs> i i, I th- guess flight um and it's the, the the plane i think they wanted to do something else and then they were told how many commercial breaks this episode was gonna have and they were like well shit <laughs> they're like, like shit, shit i guess we can't put in porcupine <laughs> yeah <laughs> or opossum <laughs> Or like rewrite, and it's like a rewrite of DNA, rewrite of John Scott's story. I don't, I don't know. It. Yeah, I like, I like rewrite. Rewrite would have. Yeah, been rewrite would be really yeah, good. Yeah, that would have involved an extra commercial break. Yeah, they could have just uh, added one. <laughs> I know this is this is a fairly dense ish episode. Yeah. Um, but it's a good episode though. I really yeah. enjoy oh, this yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, so what are we thinking of ratings? Yeah. Uh, this has got to be. Probably a four out of five for me. It's got a fun fringe thing with Porcupine Guy. Uh, the plot never really like slows down heavily. Like if they shift gears, it's already shifting into like something that requires very little setup. It's like, hey, we're at the airplane crash and look at this weird thing. Hey, John Scott's back, and then Olivia's going into the tank. We already know what this is, so let's just go into the tank. It, yeah, there's there's not a huge amount of like reset on things like that. Yeah. Um, it's Pacing and it's very it's quick. smooth, uh, and you get a nice, uh, well, uh, nice. You, you get a you get a good conclusion to the John Scott story. Uh, the only you reason I don't say nice a is because conclusion to the John Scott story. <laughs> the only reason I don't say nice is because goddamn, that's a terrible thing to do to someone. Is just be like, hey, by the way, um, let's consider ourselves married now that I'm already dead. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> have fun with that divorce. I did just, oh, this just hurts me. Yeah. It's a terrible think, thing to do to someone. Hey, to be fair, do you think that's, that she could take that to the bank? like <laughs> <laughs> hey so i really i've i got married to john scott can i can i have his money now <laughs> can i have his bank account if you have someone's consciousness in your mind can you legally sign documents for them no but you can find out what their pin was <laughs> <laughs> actually no that was something that nina had because you know how we talked about how like oh man um we're missing oh, yeah. someone memories but like god damn it we got all his banking information what the fuck <laughs> we have all of his passwords but we none of the things we need why are why is there so much porn on this really advanced glass disc <laughs> why is it really weird involve hedgehogs <laughs> all right david Maybe what they... is your rating um i would agree with a four i think a four is pretty good this was a good episode again uh first time when i was watching it i didn't realize which episode this really was or the full story but as it went on i was as watching it i was just remembering like oh yeah this is a good story like there's good character moments as well and it's like there's an actual interesting plot to it yeah yeah no i'm i'll probably i'll probably go with the four as well like i flip flop between like a three and a half and a four but i think this, this feels like a good four yeah. episode don't know if i'm inflating my numbers because of the past two but Peer yeah pressure <laughs> oh yeah to be fair also well the well, uh there was a good episode in between the last two bad episodes right no. episode yeah, 11 bound? no no, no, no we didn't like episode, episode 11 was the egregious one we don't talk yeah. about that one and we didn't like episode 12 either nope. <laughs> no now you see <laughs> we, huh. we got to we got to safe which is the guy getting stuff stuck in a bank wall the mid-season finale and went ah yes we have a great string of episodes coming up referencing this one and the next two and, and everyone's like cool they, they think just like how everyone else does uh, and then we, we get to <laughs> we get to bound and no brainer and those are the two angriest episodes we have done so far because we hated them both oh man, i would argue bound was angrier bound was furious no brainer nope. was just no brainer was just a uh, ramble like rambling it just had no uh direction to it yeah, yeah. but this episode Bound is was, really Bound was angry uh, and i was angry about it which didn't help uh <laughs> this episode is really like the transformation from those bad episodes into some good ones yeah which is weird because this, everyone loved bound i don't understand <laughs> don't worry well, about it uh, the next episode uh is so good and I say that without having seen it again for the rewatch. But it has David Robert Jones in it, so I love it. And the science prison, our favorite thing. Ah, uh, yeah, science prison. Science uh, prison. Such a lazy name. All right. <laughs> uh, Nick, bring us out. All right. Um, well, thank uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, as always, um, if you'd like to contact us, please do. Uh, we are available by email uh, at forsath at gmail.com. Um, we're available on Twitter. You can also go see that picture of that rabbit that David talked about at the start of the episode, because I'm going to make him post that on Twitter now. It's already um, up. At Forsyth. Um, <laughs> it's it's already on the Twitter. Listen to us in most locations where you, you like to listen to your podcasts. We're available on po uh, Podbean uh, at Forsyth, and we are available on Spotify, uh, Google Play, and David, I'm forgetting one. Which one am I forgetting? Uh, Apple Podcasts. Yes. Yes. Apple Podcasts, that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, 
see you guys in a week. Outro. The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under a attribution non-commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license.